Sydney's number one podcast, West Underground. Hello, everybody, and welcome to West Underground. We've got my favourite comedian in, Lauren Bonner. Huge Hit the compliment. Clock button. You're supposed to... Hamish, come on. All right, so Jack pisses me off every episode because he's obsessed with pushing the buttons on the board. And then uh, I think he he hates it when I use the smoke machine, so we've kind of got this bit of, like, uh, a tiff going. Yeah. Smoke machine for a podcast. I guess you can kind Do of, Do you like, want to see it? <laughs> wow. Wow, I know. Can I know. you guys hear that atmosphere? Wow, thank you. Thank you for the flawed body. <laughs> all, the, <laughs> all the smoke machine has done is just covered Hamish's face. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to so, do. So uh, just pop out like before a we start, Hamish is very pale, right? And he, I found out before that he's wearing fake tan to try and get his skin because he blends in so much. And I love it, and it's my new favourite yeah. thing about him. And Hamish looks like the most betrayed I've ever seen a man look at you. He doesn't look happy about that, does he? He's not happy. So, no, okay. well, I was like, I wanted to keep it out, my little secret, but apparently <laughs> <laughs> apparently, that's too much yeah, to ask Yeah, it hasn't done for. a lot, though, has it? Well, it has. It's just, it's just slight, like because I didn't want to, I didn't want to use like a like a heavy duty yeah. one. Yeah. What did you use? Do you mind me asking? It's like a like I think okay. Dove make it, and it's like the only slightly tinted yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, like the um, Dove Summer Glow. Yeah. Yeah, I I reckon. We, I mean, we can talk because I am also very pale. So oh. Jack, you I might. Feel, I feel like I'm white shaming you right yeah, now. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you'd be the cool guy here, yeah. but whose side am I on? Yeah. Um, no, I, I wouldn't. I, that one is all right. I would say it has a tendency to get a little streaky and orange. Mm. I'm a big fan of um, the Bondi Sands brand. Yeah. Anything, but also maybe particularly they have like a, a gradual tan. They have like a dry tanning oil or something. Mm. Give it a go. It I, just change. It just makes you look good and people don't know why. They can't mm, tell it's a tan. They're just mm, like, you yeah. look good. Yeah. I think you just should have a foreign grandparent. I don't you know like I mean? the smell yeah, of the Bondi Sands one though. It's That's what coconut. turned. Yeah, yeah, it's so coconut. Yeah, it's pretty feminine. Yeah. Like, do, you, do you wear the gloves when you rub it in? Do you like have the sponge? Yeah, and I also like use it very, very sparingly. Like I'm not trying to like cake it on or anything. The like girl that. you're seeing currently, does she rub this in for you? Yeah, she's the one who told me about oh. it. Yeah. Big props to you. This is modern masculinity and there's no shame. Yeah, I've, I, I think it's fine. Do what you want. Yeah. Do what you want. I'm proud of it. As you just called me out for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like now you're it. suddenly proud of me. Yeah. I feel like a dad who beats his kid up mm-hmm. and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry about that. You're actually amazing. So last week we had uh, – or the week before we had Pat Doherty come on and he did our Monday Night Fever episode with us. And um, I was wearing sunglasses in the interview before just because like, just because I had them and I was like, why not? Yeah, a bit of fun. Yeah, exactly. And then Pat came in and he's like, oh, you're wearing sunglasses? I'm wearing sunglasses. And then Jack had given me so much shit for it, like before that, for wearing sunglasses, like, you know, thinking I'm Bono or somebody. 
And uh, I'm and not th- going to say anything to Pat Doherty. He's six foot seven. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> and Jack tried to put it, pull out his sunglasses and put them on, and I was like, "Don't you dare!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not fucking with Pat Doherty. Uh, no. Jump on the bandwagon. Uh, next time I see you guys, you'll be like bright orange, fake tan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love acrylic nails on. Yeah. 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 So Lauren, I came across you when we had Beck Charwood on here, mm-hmm. and then I kind of did. You know, a podcast dude, cinema, a yeah, ladies' yeah. guy to do cinema. And she told us that the next thing they were watching was The Godfather. Mm. And then I was like, oh, and then I actually mansplained The Godfather to her, <laughs> which is the point of their podcast. That's yeah. the trap. She yeah, I the literally trap. did that. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's me. I'm that person. Anyway, I listened to it. I was on the plane flying back from Brisbane and I discovered you on there and Conchetta. Yeah. You guys did like a. A collaboration episode. We did because we have our own pods, so it was a it was a, a meeting of the pods. It was very very good. Yeah, thank you. It was you. very very good, and then I had never seen The Godfather too, so it was exciting for me. Yeah, and I was you, like, you it's spoke about good. you spoke about <laughs> Al Pacino with such vigor and romance. I was like, you know what? We need this lady on our podcast one day. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad that my my passion for a young Al Pacino has yeah. got me. Somewhere. I've got the passion for a young Al Pacino as well. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I know. He's honestly Al. If you're watching, <laughs> he's he's like my my idol, Al Pacino, yeah. and I don't know why. He looks fantastic. I mean, who else? Were we talking about it in that podcast, or were we talking about it in something else? But I'm also very passionate about a young Vince Colosimo, mm. kind of the Australian Al Pacino, yeah. I guess, if you will. If you've seen the Wog Boy, yep. yeah, franchise, yep. are you familiar? I that? am familiar. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you you come to the our country and yeah. you need to kind of took the culture in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> what we do here. Yeah, yeah. our Godfather. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, there's just something about those two. I think because I think maybe I'm just thinking it now, but a young Vince Glossom, like he should have been in The Godfather. He could have been Pacino, I think. He could have done it. Yeah, he had the talent, he had the chops, mm. but just could he have played Tony Montana in Scarface after it though? Uh, I haven't seen Scarface. Oh, you're know. not missing out on much. Yeah, I, I've heard that it's depressing, kind of. Yeah, like I I I rewatched it the other day. Like actually rewatched it the other day, and I I, I don't. I think it just came out at the right time of like in in the eighties when it was probably due to 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 arrive. Yeah. But I, I watched it and I was like, this isn't actually that great of a movie. Like this is probably one of Oliver Stone's like my least favorite of his. It's not movies. Oliver Stone, is it? Yeah, it's not. It is. It's a. Uh, it's it's not. Jordan, Google that for me. Let's get a fact check on this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Oliver Stone. It's not. Yeah, or if he if he if he's not directing it, he's he's directly involved in it because. <laughs> Brian De Palma, who made Carlito's Way as well. All right. You don't even know your directors. No, man. no, I do because he was on. Uh, he was on. He was on Rogan a, a while ago, and he oh. was talking about. He was talking about his involvement in Scarface. So I, I don't know whether so whether just whether, again on whether he wrote the script for it oh, okay. or well, there was some kind of involvement. Um, All right, we got very off topic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm not, yeah. I was also gonna say I don't even know who Oliver Stone is. He, there was the guy who did the like, Doors film and Platoon. And Platoon. Oh, yeah. He's an old hippie. He's a really old hippie. I was thinking of oh, okay. There was a teen heartthrob star named Oliver James who was in the Hilary Duff movie Raise Your Voice. Raise Your Voice. <laughs> and I was like, did he direct Scott? He would have been very young. Yeah. 
Um, he's quite good. Quite a violent child as well. Yeah, if he was, a virtuoso. Yeah, um, Hilary Duff will do that to a man. Yeah, but then he's kind of dropped off the radar now, so I guess he what, What's he up to? I don't know, nothing. I think, I think <laughs> that, uh, he was like hot for like one movie and then he probably Can I see him? Can I, can I? Yeah, I don't even know if you'd recognize him, this guy. Yeah, I remember him. Him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look him up. I guess he look, he's kind of got a um, Taylor Lautner vibe, but he had blonde streaks in this Hilary Duff movie. Mm. Um, I really want to know, like, Lauren, like how you actually got into comedy. Like what was your, what was your journey? Huge question. Um, Very big question. Um, I mean, it's a weird one. I think like um, I – in high school, like I've always been funny. Um, <laughs> sorry to brag. <laughs> um, but like, you know, you know if you're funny. And um, But I didn't really start doing stand-up until – I mean, it's not late by any means, but I was probably 21 or something, I think, 21, 22, yep. which is really young. But, you know, you talk to some of these guys, and I say guys, specifically dudes, mm. um, who are like, I remember – learning about the art of comedy from the Joe Rogan podcast at age 17. And from that day forward, it was my life, you know, like I was never like a stand up mm. diehard. Yeah. Um, but I was just the funny person in the group and I love performing and I studied theater and stuff. And yep. I think I really just like saw people like on TV, like doing panel shows and being funny and stuff. And I was like, I could do that. And I was like, yep. well, how do I do that? Like, Guess I like do comedy because it's like the lowest bar to entry. You just have to go there and yeah. do it. <laughs> you know, it's like how do you get on TV? And like to this day, I've been doing comedy for yeah seven years or something. I still don't know how to get on TV or to be one of those people who writes stuff for TV. Because I was like, surely the people writing the funny stuff they do comedy. They don't. So it's still a mystery. But now I am a stand-up comedian and. Yeah. That is my fate. And a very good one as well. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just started doing it and then um, I feel like it's one of those things where like I started doing it and then people started booking me for gigs and I was like, well, I'm, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And yeah. So did, it, you, did, you, sorry, oh, sorry. did you love any particular comedians? Because by the sounds of it, you've got into com comedy because <laughs> you're funny. Not because you're like, fuck. Delirious by Eddie Murphy. No. No, not really. That seems to be the male, the male. Yeah. I mean, um, I, and even still, like, I mean, I, I love comedy and there's like specific comedy that I love watching, but I'm not like a comedy nerd, how mm. some people are really obsessed because also I think, and you can definitely see it sometimes, you know, when people are a big comedy nerd and they watch heaps of stand up and then they yep. emulate that in their performance as well. Mm. Like you just have to look at someone who's like, you know, oh, I'm a huge fan of Chris Dillio. And it's like, yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> doing his act. Mm. And, and I mean, why would you choose him of yeah. all people anyway? It's a bad act yeah. to follow, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I, yeah. My, my favourites are Chris Dillio and Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you don't need to like follow their behaviour. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I watch a bit of comedy, but I guess like when I was younger, younger like I would watch – the gala and stuff like most Australian yeah. comics will say like, Oh, mm. watch the gala on TV. So like Judith Lucy and stuff. And then, um, I had the, we had the DVD of Eddie is our dress to kill. Amazing. Yeah. Have you amazing. seen that? Yeah. yeah. And that is just like, that's amazing. Like, and that was like, Oh my God, what the hell is this? Um, and then beyond that, like I, I'm definitely a fan of a bunch of comics. Like I love Sarah Silverman and, and then a bunch of like Aussie acts as well mm, that I yeah. see around. But I don't know. I think if I watch too much comedy, I'll unconsciously, soak things up and then repeat mm -hmm. them because mm -hmm. I have such a shit memory. Yeah. So. <laughs> so going back to the, like to the start, like when yeah. you first, yeah, so you're like, you're 20, 21 
and you and you want to do this. Was it daunting to like do one of those open mic comedy nights? And then and then what I wonder is like how how many months or years went by where you're like, okay, now I feel like I'm 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 in and you know I'm comfortable. Yeah, I mean it was really daunting I think to do initially, um, and also I guess like I was lucky in that I think when I first did it it went pretty fine. Like yeah. it, if I'd done it for the first time and it was horrific and. I bombed and no one laughed and it was terrible. Then I don't know if I could have like done it again, mm. yeah. but I did it. And it was like, oh, that went pretty well. And Do you remember <laughs> your first like joke? Oh, I had, um, yeah. And I've got it all written down Yeah, and stuff. I don't remember heaps of it, but I remember I had a bit that I kind of stand by to be honest. And I've heard other people do bits similar cause it's just parallel thinking mm. like, and it's base. Um, but I had a bit that it must, would have been in my first set that was about um, cockroach baits. I think. Yeah. And it was just about um, how you have cockroaches or something and then you put out cockroach waste and then, it's, and then my line was like, and to the cockroaches, they look like delicious cockroach treats, but actually they're poison. And so the, the father cockroach takes the poison back to the home and murder suicides with his wife and children. Mm, yeah. um, and I thought that was really funny. And that was, that was your first funny. bit. Yeah. That's good. Something like that. Um, and then there was a lot more like um, – I feel like sex stuff and dirty stuff mm. then I, and I still do a bit of that, but um, it's easier to do that, I think. And then I broke up with my boyfriend and I feel like that Ooh. was when I got really good. Yeah. Was, <laughs> it's all life yeah. experience, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is that weird if you're in a relationship, right? And like, and, and then you start like talking about like your sex life on stage. Does it like, <laughs> do you have to date a comedian or somebody who's pretty chill? Like what was the reaction the first time? <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I think, um, I guess when I was in a relationship, I don't think I was making that many sex jokes. And then we broke up pretty soon after. And then I I think like people just don't see it. Like he, he probably yeah. didn't hear the joke mm. anyway. Yeah. I don't, I'm probably not on the ball today. Sorry guys. But like, I don't know. I was probably pretty rude. I did heaps of jokes about our breakup. Like I was like, yeah, like probably I, I did this joke that was like, yeah, yeah, I broke up with my boyfriend. It was really unexpected. It just came out of the blue. I was walking down the street one day and then I had sex with someone else or something. <laughs> 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 Which is like, well, it's fine. Like it's an indictment on me, not him. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you've just got to do it. Like, yeah. And ask, what is it? It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah, yeah. Like, Also, I, you're not with them anymore, so fuck them. Yeah, exactly, whatever. He was yeah. rude, so... Um, I don't know. And then also you can do sex jokes and like, they're not, if it was something really specific, yeah. mm. like my boyfriend's got a weird dick, like that, that's rude. Yeah. But that's, if that's by the way, that's the TikTok for this video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Publish it. My boyfriend will love it. <laughs> um, but if it's just something that, you know, is a bit general, then no one knows it's about them. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it awkward if your family come to the, like do the gigs? <laughs> like yeah. does it throw you off? Yeah. I mean, Oh, and they do come. Yeah. Um, my brother hasn't seen me in quite a few years. Yeah. Um, so can you give us the backstory? I, I know this, yeah. but can you give us that backstory on your um, brother? Which he's lovely and we're good friends and stuff, but he, he is an Anglican minister. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> a stand-up comic and an Anglican minister. Yeah. He, um, but that said, like, <laughs> yeah, he saw me early when I was dirtier. Yeah. And like he thinks I'm funny and like when I had jokes that weren't dirty yeah. he liked mm. them but he doesn't really like dirty stuff obviously he's a minister yeah. but I think he would like quite a lot of my stuff now but even still like I have jokes about him and 
stuff. And I don't I haven't really asked him if that's okay, but I don't think they're like that rude, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you've seen them. It's yeah. not that bad. Yeah, I went to the show Elephants yeah. at, at the MO. That was when um, Warren said I looked like a PCP addict. Yeah, yeah. But to be yeah. fair, I just had a joke about PCP and then I said and it to someone in yeah. the crowd and you've got long hair. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> when Jack told me that the next day, I was like, I'd, like that that is a drug that I've like you, you never hear of unless you're reading yeah, like yeah. some funk books yeah. or That's something. That's what stranger <laughs> things need to do. Forget Metallica and Kate Bush. They need PCP. They need to put that in the next season. Yeah, <laughs> it's retro and I still don't really know anything about it. So like I think like was it in um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or something? Mm. I think they do PCP in that. But also, is it like do truck drivers do PCP? No, it, it's it's like a it's like a very very sh- powerful short acting hallucinogen. I didn't know much about it yeah. until I watched the James Brown movie, and then you see James Brown high off his head shooting at the police out of the back of his car, <laughs> driving his driving his wheels until he's like you know rims are scratching on the road, and then he went to jail for years after that. Um, but he just kind of lost his mind. So I, I, I don't, that's, that's really that's my PCP. only reference to it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I look like apparently. Yeah. Don't you see it? <laughs> I try and avoid mirrors. <laughs> He's got that bit of like, like a uh, little bit of a beard going at the moment. You look a bit Charles Manson. I always look like Charles Manson. My passport photo is fucking terrifying. <laughs> It is. I do look like Charles Manson. Yeah, you do have the same haircut. But yeah. he was a musician as well. Also, yeah. cool, like Fallen. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Have you ever listened to Charles Manson's music? Yeah, and it's not bad. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what look I thought. Look at your game, girl. Yeah. That, that is That's his best bad. song, to be honest. Because yeah. you listen to Look at Your Game, girl, and you're like, this guy, he could have actually he, been he gets something. It. He gets yeah. it. But you listen to a few of the others, and it's like a bit silly. I don't know. Because he was friends with Brian Wilson and everything. Yeah. Yeah. He could have been in the Beach Boys. I'm really impressed. What a different, yeah. what a different world we live in, though. It could have been anything, mm. but he. I mean, Charles Manson didn't actually kill anyone himself. He just gave the orders. Yeah, so. free him, in my opinion. No, don't. <laughs> He's dead uh, anyway. Did he die? He died. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of years ago. <gasps> Late review. Sorry, I'm sorry, very sorry, impressed. I'm with sorry. I'm sorry. I broke that. <laughs> yeah, like that. I'm very impressed yeah. with your. We like, found out Charles yeah. Manson died yeah. on that podcast. <laughs> Shame. How do you yeah. know this? Because like I imagine, like because for us, like we, you know, like Charles, Man- like other musicians and stuff have done covers of Charles Manson songs and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah, like Gunners, like Guns N' Roses did a cover of, um, you know, that's that song that you were just singing there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but for you, Lauren, like you're a comedian, so it just shocks me that you, <laughs> that you like, you know, that I know, know about. That. That. Yeah. I mean, uh, I have a bit of like a true crime thing, which yeah. I'm, you know, look at me, I'm a woman. Yeah. On a podcast, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's I, I. I'm a big true crime fan, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, but I, I why is pod, that? Yeah. Why, why do you think true crimes having such a fucking a world know. out there? I, I think it is going crazy. There's a lot of like theories about it. I guess. Um, I mean, I think, and I don't, and I'm not one of those people who, and I don't want to just say women because I mean everyone does it, but people like romanticize serial killers, mm. like it, it's. It is gross when people are like, no, I could fix him. He's hot. But like (laughs) that probably is a lot of it is women who like just have issues and are drawn to men with issues and they think that it's intriguing. Like a Ted Bundy. I I seen this one about Manson and some woman left her husband and her kids and married him. Yeah. I love the studio. Shout out Western Sydney. (laughs) Yeah, and like left her family to marry him, even though he was in jail. Oh yeah, yeah she was so fucking weird. That's just strange. His stepdad is Charlie Manson. Like he must—he's uh, obviously a very charismatic guy because he. 
I think I also did, I did someone else's podcast that was like a crime podcast yeah. mm. um, and about Charles Manson. So I researched him. So that's why I know so much about him. But I think he, he was like a really like he like he had a lot of issues. But also I think he like, <laughs> he had a lot of issues. But he studied that book, um, how to make friends and influence people. So like he yeah. like studied the art of manipulation. Yeah. And yeah. Like, he, he had he had a few issues. He Charlie. had his issues. Yeah. <laughs> but he was also the weird thing about him too is he was kind of a like a government guinea pig as well. Like they were they were they were doing early I early think you read tests. That book, the Tom Tom what's his name. He's got a book and it's about like Manson and the CIA, basically. Oh, really? Because he was. I can't in- remember. Then I'll 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 send you the book. Actually, I mean, it's Very not surprising because he was incarcerated for most of his life. Yeah, yeah. From like age really yeah. young, he was I think like 12, 13. Yeah, twelve. Yeah. Just yeah. like he was in like a really crazy boarding school, and then he was in prison, and then he was out for like a few months, and he like started a cult, and like. Also, Everything he had happened. that Napoleon complex, didn't he? He was a short king. Yeah, short man syndrome. Yeah, it kills. Literally, <laughs> there was like because he Charles. If, this is this is a weird piece of knowledge that I found out not too long ago. But um, he, Charles Manson and the Uni Bomber were part of the same LSD trials that the CIA were <gasps> doing at the time. I know about oh. the so, Uni Bomber one. I didn't know. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Era? Like, yeah, so like when they were trying to see if it could be used as some kind of like mind control or like manipulation over people, they were just, just dosing them up day after day after day and seeing how they reacted. And then both of those guys kind of came out and committed world atrocities. Yeah. Wow. Fun yeah. fact. Fucking American governments. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> like this is the stuff we do know as well. Imagine yeah. all the stuff we don't know. Well, you know the JFK files, they're not going to release them for another 75 years. Really? Yeah. What went on? What happened? What happened with that bullet? It's so hard because I'm so torn between being like, oh, the conspiracy of this and that, but then also being like, but I know that like governments are incompetent. Yeah. So it's giving them a lot of credit to yeah, say that 100%. they could orchestrate The, the anti vax yeah. thing, right, is, yeah. is a funny one, right? Because you constantly told do not trust your governments, right? Yeah. Because they've done shady shit, right? Mm. They've always done shady shit. It's like, yeah, shit. like I don't trust them, but we should but, get the vaccine. But, but, but exactly. And I'm the same. I got it. Yeah. I'm and like, then my mate wrong. was like, but you don't trust the government. And I was like, I know, but I want to go to the pub. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's what it comes down to mm. with everything in life. <laughs> yeah, this was the first time too where like I saw the government change their tune a little bit. Like, because, you know, back like, you could go back five years ago, right? And the government would tell you to do something. And then like the, the you know, everyone was like, oh, shut up. You know, like this is the wrong, you know, what, everyone would have the anti-opinion to the government. But this time they suddenly got behind the media thing and it was like, no, if you're not getting it, you're stupid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a very weird, very weird thing to watch. Yeah, get vaccinated, guys. Yeah, that's that. Get vaccinated, or otherwise you'll be kind of a. But don't trust your government. Yeah, but don't. At the same time, do it, but don't. (laughs) And it might make you the next Charles Manson. Yeah, but you might get a great song out of it. Yeah. (laughs) Really, what's the difference between Paul McCartney and Charles Manson? Not a lot, really. (laughs) Not a lot. They both did LSD. They both love the White Album. Yeah, Jesus, they're the same person. So Warren. When I seen that show, Elephants, um, honestly, it was really, really good. Thank you. And I I made a point, which my girlfriend, Abby, is not, she's someone who'll say things like, I don't really like comedy. Like, I'm just not a comedy person. I'm not not a funny person. Right? (laughs) Yeah. So 
I have made like a, this is how, this is the man in me, right? Doing this for my woman, right? I have found her some role models that she can have in the female comedy world. I've actually done the old 50s thing, but like in a woke way. And I found you and Alex (laughs) J. Oh yeah. And I was like, Abby, I've, it was uh, that Sydney Comedy Festival week. You gotta show her what's good for her. And I was like, "You're gonna go, <laughs> and you're gonna en- you're gonna like it, lady. You're gonna enjoy it, yeah. all right." I like don't even hate that. Like, I actually love just being told to do things. Like, hundred percent. God, I know. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'm I'm sick of <laughs> pretending. Like, yeah, with my want boyfriend, it. he's always you like, know? "Oh, what do you want to watch? Show- what show do you want to watch?" And I'm like, "I want to be given like three options, yeah, maximum. Yeah. I want you to like just kind of tell me what to do, mm. and that is." The pressure of choosing the show, of choosing the yeah. thing. No, no, no. But then again, he'll say that and then I'll say that. And then he'll say, okay, well, let's watch this. And I'll be like, no. Mm, that's not really what I want <laughs> so you to watch. It's like win. the dinner thing, isn't it? Where we yeah. go for dinner. I want to be told what to eat or watch, but then um, maybe I come to the realisation of what I actually want by saying no to yeah. that thing. Yeah, It's complicated. It's but. a complicated world out there. But anyway, yeah, so I, we, we had like a good week of it and we went to – and see plenty of stand-up and yours and Alex's were, were up there. And she really enjoyed them as well. Because I was like, you will like this. And yeah. she's like, really comedy. Yeah. And then she came away from it. And she's seen the empowerment in it. I'm surprised she hasn't left me since. And <laughs> she's, you know, I think she's as now well, a fan. And yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, you got to see it live. Like, yeah. I, I like comedy and I know it. And so I understand, like, how to watch it and everything. But if you watch a special on Netflix or something, you might laugh out loud, like, three times mm. and be like, yeah. But mm. if you're actually in the room, it's such a live medium and it's yeah. so wanky to say that. But also you'd get that as musicians, like the energy of being in yeah. a room with like Like if you watch a live, like, like Glastonbury, I watched the Paul McCartney set the other week yeah. and it was unbelievable. But you're not it, would there. Been, it would be better to be there. Yeah, yeah, you're not making noise. You're not like with it. And yeah. comedy is so much better live. And that is such a shame and it's so annoying because that's been my frustration with like live at the moment because it feels like – I don't know, maybe you get this as a musician as well. Like, do you ever, like, do a gig and you're like, that was so good. These people in this room think that I'm so good. And then they all leave and it's like it never happened and yeah. Yeah, no well, one knows. It's sad. <laughs> it's yeah. sad. But that's it's... that's the world, isn't it? I, I remember Fuck. playing a gig when I was, like, 18 and I came out of there and I was like, Fuck, that changed the world, man. Changed yeah. the world. And then you it doesn't. people go back to their lives <laughs> and – They'll it'll always be a, oh, yeah, I went to watch his band once and they were quite oh, good. yeah, they were good. There's like a 1% conversion rate that will follow you on Instagram yeah. or something. Oh. Nothing happened. And then you think like, oh, if if the person that needed to see it was in the room then, then maybe, just maybe. But that's always the thing as well. Do you know that story? You might know this as musicians of like when the police first went to the US, mm, the yeah. band, the police, yeah. not, yeah. not cops, ACAB. Um, <laughs> but the, when the police first went to the US, didn't they like tour everywhere and then they played this um, gig and all of the gigs had like two people in them and there was shit. But then one night there was like three people at the gig and they just played their hearts out. And then, but one of the people in that room was like the biggest music writer in America. Mm. And then they broke in the US. So that's always like the inspiring speech. Yeah, I you think give. by the end of the tour, <laughs> yeah, they were in state, uh, like in arenas, and yeah. they're the number one by the end of the tour, which yeah. is fucking insane. Because it was like, yeah, there were only a few people in the room, but they were the right people. Mm. So you yeah. never know. Has the world changed since then? Like, because I know for music, like. They're, they're, they're uh, like the labels back in the day used to act as like a, like a gatekeeper, right? Mm. Like you would, you could 
be playing a room with two people and suddenly somebody's like, oh, I have the golden ticket for you, son. Yeah. Here you go. Here's your cash advance. We're going to put all this marketing behind you. Now it's kind of like, um, how many numbers do you have? You know, like what are your numbers? Yes, all mm. social. You have to be an influencer now for yeah. anything. I yeah. Mean, yeah. And then also, again, it's like Australia. Like what is the golden ticket in this country anyway? And <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, it's all going to happen for you. You're going to mm. – um, present a segment on a primetime dying light entertainment show on a mm. mainstream channel of TV that no one is watching. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't know. I think you, this Australia is the only country where I think you need to like fuck off to become anything. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? You've got to, you've got to just go overseas and make other people like you overseas. And then you come <laughs> really? back to Australia and they're like, and then, Oh, we better like you now. Yeah, Cause they all love you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, such a content for local talent in this country and such in the industry, like if there are gatekeepers, mm. they're, they're also not as powerful, I think, with social media now anyway. But I don't even know if that's such a good thing because that's just annoying now. It's yeah. like fucking hell. Like, because I can get the gatekeepers to like me. Like mm. I'm a pretty girl who's good at comedy and I'm like, yeah, like that's nice. I should, that should have been good enough. <laughs> yeah. but now when you I'm, were single, was that your yeah. Tinder bio, by the way? <laughs> Because oh, that would be a winning that Tinder been bio. Good. Maybe, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. That would have been good. Well, but. Yeah. There's always next time. Next time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> after, okay. after you said your boyfriend's got a weird dick, I think, I, think, I think it might be It might be up. over. And yeah. he doesn't. That was an example. That was, yeah. oh my God. Okay. You can't bring that up out uh, of context. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I was listening to Billy Darcy's podcast, Get yeah. Around Me, and uh, yeah, Will Gibbon, and they were talking about that, how like, Australia shits on its talent. Yeah. Mm. And they, even, they were talking about like, the Hot 100 on Triple J, and it's like Kendrick Lamar won it. Yeah, there's and like Kendrick any Lamar doesn't acts. give a shit about that. Yeah, and whereas if they actually supported the Aussie music scene, how like careers can be changed by it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Anyway, yeah, it's a strange market, Australia. It is strange, but hopefully, I mean, we keep saying hopefully it's changing, and I mean, there is good things about the advent of like being able to produce your own mm. stuff, um, but. It is annoying to have to be a writer, producer, performer, that, like, and then put so much time. Yeah, entrepreneur, yeah. and then I don't. Know. And then yeah, the live thing, like doing stuff on TikTok that's funny and doing live stand-up comedy are two very different things. Mm. And people can be very good at one and very bad at the other. And yeah, there's a couple of prime examples of that. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't always translate. TikTok singers is a big thing now as well. Yeah, and it's like, getting a song viral on TikTok. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. you, I bet you've never played a gig before. Yeah. yeah. And that's infuriating. But there's different ways of doing it now. Even getting your song viral on TikTok, right, I think is you've got to have money to do it. Like, yeah. yeah you've or got... extremely lucky. Because anything for anything to just get, like, get picked up, like things can just get picked up, but it's like yeah. not usually organic. It's no. usually <laughs> very specifically created by some huge company. By the way, yeah. we're getting a TikTok DR on you for every time you mention TikTok, we put five bucks in it. Why? going to pay for the Christmas night out. All right. Every time you touch the button, we'll also do the same thing. <laughs> Let me touch things. Oh, no. Jesus. Um. Let, me. Let me. How many nights a week are you doing shows? Uh, oh, it varies greatly. I've like, I had a bit of a break after festivals and I had another mm. break. Cause I was You've been very, very busy this year though. Out. We've yeah. been trying to do this for like Oh my nine God, I know. Months. That's why I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Because also it's like in Australia anyway, if you're doing the festivals. Yeah. So um, April is the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Um, usually before that is Brisbane, but now it's after. Mm. But it's like 
right before the comedy festival, you were just going crazy working at your show and then you were in Melbourne for the whole month and then I came back for a week and then I was in Brisbane for a week and then I came back to Sydney and then I had my Sydney shows and then I think that was it, I think. I can't remember. But, like, that kind of three-month period is just, like, a black hole. Mm. And then you guys hit me up, I think, like, right before then. And I was like, yeah, maybe um, I can't um, – I, I don't know. Like, I wasn't even doing my own podcast at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. You were like, yeah. I'd love to, but, like, I haven't done my own podcast for two weeks. And I was like, yeah. do, do your podcast first. And then um, it's always better in person as well yeah. anyway. So I didn't want to do it when I was away. And then and then my boyfriend had COVID and then I didn't – and I didn't have COVID, but I was like, yeah. I, I might have COVID. Mm. So we're here now. We're here, Beautiful. finally. Yeah. It's happened. God. I'm bloody glad it's happened. Can I, yeah. Can I ask just a question that was going back to what you're talking about yeah. before with the like the like the gatekeepers of comedy thing. Has the like the the like the generation just above you changed much? Like 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 the friendly Geordies, the um, Isaac Butterfields, like because they just seem to have like come out on YouTube and then rise to like like. You know, the, I think Isaac Butterfield's nearly got a million people yeah, now insane. on his YouTube. Like, it's insane. And Friendly Geordies gets, like, hundreds of thousands of views per video and, yeah. and is literally changing our government. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's hard. I mean, Jordan Shanks, I mean, he – that's Friendly Geordies. He – because I've been around for not heaps long. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Friendly Geordies, he went to my uni and he was a bit older than me. But I remember when he was – running around kind of doing a bit of uni comedy stuff as yeah. well. But he was never really a stand-up, never really a live performer. He did some live shows, but not really. Mm. Um, and, I mean, I think they've changed things in that, like, I don't know. I don't think they've actually changed anything. But all they've, but they've made careers for themselves and are making much more money probably than many, many mid-level working comics mm. in the live scene. And so you kind of go, like, I don't know, like, can we look, down our nose on these people who are oh they're YouTube comedians and it's like yeah they're fucking selling more tickets than me like yeah. they're yeah. making yeah. more money than me they're building an audience and they're producing work um I mean someone like Isaac Butterfield like it's easier to slag him off because I think like politically he is a bad person and also um he was once slightly rude to me at a gig so I can kind of just trash him freely. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't what, want anyone actually to come what, for what me. Um, oh, like fine. But um, he was emceeing a gig in Newcastle, which is where he is from and probably mm. still lives. Um, and he's a, f I don't know. I've never really seen him do much comedy, but he yeah. was fine. He's just, is himself. He just is tall and has a beard and speaks loudly. And that's enough for some people. Mm. Um, he was hosting, I think, and he was just going to bring me on, but he like didn't know my name. And that's kind of the one thing you have yeah. to do yeah. when you're yeah. hosting a show. Um, <laughs> Did he go onto the stage? Yeah. Enjoy. Is yeah. That what <laughs> well, no, like that would be what you do when you do just genuinely forget and you're a normal person. Like, yeah. and it's fine. Like you do forget sometimes and you're like, you just don't know people's names and you go mm. like, oh shit, you feel really bad. And you're like, mm. oh, bring, well, put your hands together. He goes, oh, what's, I don't even remember your name. What's your name? And I was like, Lauren. Oh. And it just makes the audience think you're a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is such a funny thing that whenever that happens to me, it, it only ever happens to the woman on the lineup and not any of the dudes. Mm. And isn't that interesting? Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. What, I've, I feel like I'm not answering your questions very well. I don't know if they've changed anything in the industry, but maybe... Uh, what I wonder if they've changed anything yeah. by, I mean, like if they've put like a bit more of a spotlight on mm. on on Australia. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, hopefully, and hopefully it's a good spotlight. I don't know if, do you think Friendly Geordies has much of an audience outside of Australia because his content feels so local? Um, I think he does because I think what, what, what people go to Friendly Geordies channel for is if they want an insight on how Australia kind of yeah. works and is operating. What and we're doing. I, yeah, because I see a lot of people comment from like Canada and the UK and things like that as outsiders. Yeah, I, I, I never heard of it until I moved to Australia. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because he's very Oz politics. Um. Yeah, but I think his audience is, is probably like, um, I don't know, like smart people at uni maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And then he's, uh, I don't know, I think as well. But what about Neil? Neil? Oh, yeah, I mean, Neil, I think Neil probably has a pretty Australian audience as well. Yeah. Um, But Neil is someone who, yeah, it's like you can't, and there's like, when I say like some people are not good at live and they're good at this and that, like I'm never mm. like slagging off. There's, there's, Neil's been doing comedy longer than me and yeah. like he's at gigs every week and he's a good comic. Um, and he's just someone who's like, yeah, just made a career for himself because in Australia, like you're not going to get put on TV. Yeah. If you're not an old white man. Um, so I don't know. I think it's like, it's a smart way to do things. And yeah. You do wonder, like I did Melbourne Comedy Festival this year and it's like, well, should I maybe have devoted that energy to TikTok instead? Would that have been more productive? Mm. Possibly. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm a better stand-up comedian now, but does what? that even matter? Why don't you do both <laughs> though? Like why don't yeah. you just take like take a take a camera like this or, you know, and then just uh, you set them up and kind of record your set. Yeah, yeah. And I do and I do. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I'm on TikTok and I'm trying to post stuff more often. But also that's what I've been wondering. And maybe mm. listeners at home can write in and let me know. Mm. Because yeah. I don't know whether to post like all of my good material. Like does yeah. it burn that material? I think it's burns when you post it. Yeah. And you can't just generate like a good bit takes a while to yeah. To learn yeah. and you, to th th write. This is not like a, a dig at you, right? Yeah. You So I'd seen the bit about your brother yeah. being a priest. right? I'd seen that video. Oh, and then you yeah. said it So how was your, show. what was your impression of that? The so when, of that then, yeah. when I heard it, I went, oh, I know this bit. Yeah. And I went, oh. And it's it's like, you know, if, if I released an EP, right? And then released an album and the EP songs were on the album. Yeah. And you go... People go, well, I wanted new songs. Yeah. And it's not your fault because that's how you get people there by giving them your your bits online. Yeah. It yeah. weren't like a, I didn't go, fuck this, fuck this. I've already heard this yeah, bit before. Like, it weren't oh, like yeah, that, but you go, then. oh, I've heard that. And it's, it's like, that's the way I think of it is like if I released an EP and then put those same songs on the album, yeah. you know what I mean? I, it, that's the thing as well. Yeah, I'm on the, old, I, I'm the, old on the bits, other side the of. The, I'm, you know what I mean. I'm on the other side of the fence here. Yeah. Because I think, I think for, for you know, like as as Jack's just said, you reach Jack on on Instagram, right? Your reels popped up, and then mm. out of that, he's then come to your gig yeah. to see you. Yeah. So I think even he's though, there. yeah, <laughs> he, even though you're maybe on PCP, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even though you're like maybe burning some of the material, right? It's getting more people to come to your show. And I think yeah. by you throwing it out, it's going to reach more people and more, more people. Yeah. And they start to know your name because even you've said to me, Jack, I need to see four clips of a podcast before I actually go look it up. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I don't think it can really hurt you. If people, if people have heard the bit before, like, like you know, at least they're there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what's the difference between that and, um, you go and watch a band play yeah. and they play like 
the song. The, the song. Like. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's the difference? Yeah. Really? Also, what is the difference? Yeah, and people don't remember shit, really. Like, yeah. how could I remember people's bits that I saw on Instagram? Fuck no. Mm. Or if they do, then by the time they're halfway through it, then I may be going, oh, I think I've heard them do this before. Mm. Yeah. It's like one joke in the whole set. I mean, if I, if I got up and did the same five minutes every time you saw me, then that would be bad, I assume. Yeah, no, like- but Unless you're Bert Kreischer. And then you, then you like, that guy the told bit. the machine story on yeah. Rogan and then for like the last two years has been running around telling that story every gig <laughs> and everyone comes to him and goes, the machine. Oh, or Lady Gaga with, if there's a hundred people in a room yeah. and one of them says you're good enough. Some people do say. the same bit their whole fucking career. Yeah. 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 Dice yeah. Clay. <laughs> no respect. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I went, like I went there angrily. Going, I've heard this before. Yeah. I want the new stuff. But you know but this. Instantly, I went. Oh, I've heard that before. And yeah. that's and and that's hard because, like I say, that's how you promote. It is. Yeah. And also though, but also what I think it might do, which might be bad. But then, even if it happens. It's happening for one person in the room yeah. and that is fine because with any joke, there's going to be a bunch of people in the room who either just like don't laugh, don't like it, yeah. don't like you fundamentally yeah. as a person. So if someone likes you as a person but they've heard the joke and they don't laugh at it, then that's just one person that doesn't matter. Yeah, true, yeah. But I still it, laughed. Yeah, it can break the spell a bit though mm. because obviously I don't make it up as I go yeah. but you'd be mm. surprised how many people think that you do. Yeah, because you just throw you say things like it's like oh and like oh, my brother is actually and I have to like pretend that I, I mean I am enjoying myself up there, mm. but obviously it's a performance. Yeah, um, and I've said that thing a thousand times, mm. but you have to pretend you're saying it for the first time. Yeah. So if they've heard me say the same thing before, um, then like they'll be like, oh, she's a fucking phony. Like I see it in friends. I've got a friend who's a comic. He's a great comic. But so much of his act and like how he is as a person, he's like, he's a really chill guy. And if you just watched him and you didn't know, you'd think that he was just so loose and like, oh man, I'm not meant to say this. Like, oh, I wasn't actually going to tell this bit, but fuck, I'm going to do it. Or like, oh, I forgot the punchline. And it's like, I would do a whole week of shows with him and like, oh yeah, every night he's like, fuck, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. And it's like, you knew you were going to say it. Like, mm. But for the audience, they're like, Feel like they're being let in on yeah, something. Yeah, it's like a secret. Yeah, they're in yeah. for a secret. So the yeah. magic is broken for me because yeah. I know that he's yeah. fucking lying. Yeah. <laughs> but for them, <laughs> if they'd seen a video of him going, "Oh, I've never said this before," but my cat did this thing, and then they see him again, and then he's like, "I've never said this before." <laughs> and they'd be like, yeah. "Yeah, you fucking have." Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Do you like had? What's your process, right? Like. Do you, do you sit down every day and are you very disciplined with yourself and, and just kind of write out your thoughts and shit onto notepad or do you do it um, when you when you kind of feel the inspiration coming? Yeah, no, I wish I was more disciplined but also I think like, I don't know, I think people, everyone works in different ways. Mm, yeah. I think like, and also my best jokes have always just come to me pretty fully formed, like mm. a line and it's like, oh, that is, that's it, that's good. Mm. If I feel like if you have to sit down and like, work at it too hard it's never as good as if you just kind of let the idea sit in your head for a few days and mm. and come to it when it's ready yeah. but maybe that is me just being I lazy. think I think creativity is like that though you yeah. can't I I we've we've just wrote a song this week and there's a verse in it that my bass player Paul hi Paul well done you're very talented he uh he literally just went oh yeah this is the verse and it's it's unbelievable, right? Yeah, and it's good and it's done. The rest of the song, months we've spent trying to get the word and rights and all that, I think you've got to be 
just in the, in that mood and then things will just happen for you. Mm. Yeah. If you grind it out, you end up with not great stuff, I feel. Yeah, and it's got to be genuine. And, mm. and by the time a joke is really good and I've done it a hundred times, then the wording of it is pretty succinct and mm. I know how I'm going to say it. But I feel like when a joke is pretty new, I would rather work on it on stage and just tell it a few times and then the way I say things changes mm. and I say something one night and I'm like, oh, that was good how I said that. Yeah. And then I say it again a different way and I'm like, that wasn't as good how I said it that yeah. way. Yeah. But it's got to be natural because, yeah, like I said, the audience needs to think that it's the first time you're ever yeah, saying it. Yeah, and it's it. the time and the time yeah. and aspect. How, how, long was, how long was your set that I seen it? Just under elephants. an hour. So that's like a festival show. Like. So for you to get that together, would like is that you going to the club and being <laughs> Yeah. What? Oh yeah, no, it's just like just to get another hour together, I'm like, am I going to? <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. Going to the club, yeah. Going to the club, um, and just ironing it out and then building yeah. building an hour. Bit of both. Yeah, for like yeah, there's kind of with a festival show. People often have a bit more of a story, yeah. a bit more of a through line or a theme or mm. something. And in an hour, you have more trust from people. So yeah. you can say a longer story that doesn't have as many laughs. Mm. And so the story, the show you saw as well, like, and I don't want to make myself sound unfunny, um, my worst nightmare, because a lot of people do festival shows that, you know, and they're more theatre than comedy and there's a bit of comedy through it, but there's definitely more theatre and, like, that's cool. Mm. Um, but my show was, like, very stand-up-y, but there were long bits in there that were just about, like, my grandma dying. And it's funny because yeah. you've seen me for 15 minutes. <laughs> I feel bad. You know like, I'm, I'm, I can't look you in the eye. I'm laughing <laughs> about that, but, yeah. Yeah, but it's, yeah. like, you know me and you know that I'm funny and then and then you, like – you know, you want to kind of take a breath and just hear a story for a second mm. and so you can hear things. But I can't work on that stuff in a five-minute spot at a yeah, comedy club. Yeah. And I've tried. I just get up at a seven-minute spot and you're like, tell your opening joke, get a laugh, and you're like, okay, you guys are on board. So anyway, last year my grandma died. And um, and they're just like, yeah. oh, too much, too soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, to deal with that event, that horrible event, traumatic event, yeah. and to make – something funny out of it is incredible it's fucking incredible thank you it really is i mean that's the aim but and everyone in that room has lost somebody yeah and you're seeing how you've dealt with literally the stages of grief to get to that point and then make something funny out of it, it re honestly really really good really thank good. you yeah well that's the nice thing about doing an hour show it's because I did have lots of stuff in that show that was just jokes that I've been working on, working mm. on, but there were definitely long bits in there that I'd really sat down and just done writing. Um, and even to come to things like I just wrote lots of stuff that was not even trying to be comedy and pages and pages. And then mm. out of that, I kind of lift bits here and there to kind of make it a thing. And that is a nonsensical explanation. Mm. So mm. enjoy, but I couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you how I'd, I just don't know how I did it, but it just, it just came I, to I, me. Yeah, I've been doing it for a few years, but I yeah. don't think I'm like a, a, a long practicing artist who has their their process locked mm. down. I think I'm still working it out. Mm. It and seems like just the process of like um, 
almost like farming, right? You, 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 you. <laughs> Such a dobo boy, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Like you're up you, on 900 acres. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you plant you, the seeds. Yeah. yeah you, then you, you collect your harvest and then you're just, just a process of refinement until you, and you know, until yeah. you, get, so you get white rice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Are you, are you currently working on a new hour? Um, I mean, hypothetically. Because that's got to be very, very daunting. Yeah, I mean, I'm working on new material and I think mm. that's the first step. I don't know what a next hour would be. I mean, um, yeah, because it's good to have a bit of a story or something or a, a theme that you want to do. I think what I did with my last hour as well was I just worked on my material and I had a bunch of material and I was like, okay, well, what am I always coming back to here? Mm. And mm. it's these things and what's the story that I think I have? It's like, well my grandma's stuff and so I think I've just got to work on my material for a while and then you have a bunch of material then you go well what's this all about and then think can I make a show out of this mm. so um yeah I've still got a bit of time to do that <laughs> I, I just had an idea like this is just food for thought but yeah. like if you if you write your new hour right like while you're while you're doing that and you're still going out and doing gigs could you could you like film all your old old hour right and then start like chopping that down and using that as your social content, content so you're not burning it yeah that is very smart to do and that is um yeah ideally i think what i was thinking about yeah doing because it's like then you've got a new hour that you're touring and then you've got all this material that has been burned by being in a previous show so mm. you can share it online and that's the promotion i think that's like the good i thing about having like a bank of material behind yeah you. yeah um but yeah, I mean, and I have some good film sets and stuff and I am, I'm cutting them up slowly and dripping them out. But then there's also the thing of like, well, if you release material online and then you, I'm, I mean, God forbid that, sorry, edit this. <laughs> like if you put things online, then you burn it for stage. But also yeah. maybe if down the line you got booked for something that was filmed, like a film set, like a Just for Laughs or something. Mm, yeah. Will they be like, we don't want you to use any material that you've put online. And then you're like, oh no, I've only got my shit new jokes that I'm working on and I, I think they'd want that's it though. That's not interesting. Maybe just no, no. It. I think I think they'd want it because if that know. if that's the bit that, for example, the machine story. Yeah. People want to see him tell that machine story. Yeah, but so it's like I I feel like with just for laughs they'd be, like, oh no, yeah, we want you to do that bit. Yeah, you never know because they're not going to trust the fact that if you can get all this material together, that is your hour now. And then be like, oh, we want to come on, but do brand new jokes. Yeah. Because like that's harder, sure. Or you can also just like delete the TikTok and yeah. no one would know about it because it's a TikTok, not a cultural movement. <laughs> do, you, do you also like think too, like sometimes like when I, I've been thrown under the bus by like a situation like that where it, where it's like, okay, I've got it. I've got had to play like a show in the past and um, you would, or you're just on short notice and you've maybe had to learn like a bunch of songs, right? And it's that pressure in that period of time yeah. that is like, it's a pressure cooker and it's, and and when you actually do it, you're so stressed. You're so like, there's all this momentum built up to it. And usually because you're so worried about it, it's usually fucking amazing. And you do it at the end of it and you're like, oh, so I'm just wondering, would that pressure probably be, be a good thing in a way, in like a way, do you deal with like pressure like that? Like, does it, is it pressure yeah. created diamond for you? Well, you, yeah. And then that's also with like, say the festivals and stuff, it's like, yeah, you like, okay, I'm going to do a show in the festival and it's yeah. booked in and you've got a name and it's on the website. Then it's like, well, then, yeah, you, you're going to have a show because yeah. you know you're going to have to stand up there for an hour and do mm. something. Yeah. So that has worked in the past. And 
all that said, like I, I am still new in the scheme of things. Like I've only done two rounds of the festivals and um, your first show you do is like all the material you've worked on for your whole comedy life and it's years of working and mm. you do a culmination of all your material and then after that you're like, okay, now write a whole new show in just one year. And so I was like, fuck, that seems impossible. Yeah, second, then, second album syndrome. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And then it's like, oh, well, the dates are booked and you're going to do it. So you you rise to the occasion. So mm, yeah. Hopefully. I don't Because normally there's like you would do a fringe festival show, which is usually in October, November this year, and that's like a rough hour. Um, but I um, haven't booked one of them because I forgot. I didn't know that what the deadline was. Oh. And <laughs> my manager didn't tell me, so <laughs> we don't have one. But maybe I'll... I don't know. I'll do something. I'm just working on the material. Honestly, I've been like, I was so burnt out after Melbourne and then I had some family stuff go on mm -hmm. and I was just like, fuck this. But I feel like I'm finally now a bit excited again yeah. to be like, no, actually, fuck, fuck, let's, let's do it. Let's do some jokes. And that is all because I did one gig that was a bit good. And I was like, yeah, we're back. <laughs> but this week I'll do another gig that's shit and I'll be like, we're not back. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Confidence is such a fleeting thing, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It all depends on that seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, we played a gig in Brisbane the other week and I was like, ah, oh, I think I might be done with this. Like 10 years, I'm, yeah. I'm done with this. You just do one, you just do like two shit gigs in a row and you're like, this is it. This is it. Mm. I, think I'm, I, think I'm, I think I'm retired. I'm yeah. Eddie Murphy in this shit. I'm yeah. done. This is it. Um, And then we played one in Canberra last week and it was really good. And I went, oh, the fire is back. I'm we can back. achieve anything. We can achieve anything. And then right now, like I've got a gig on Friday at the Vanguard mm. and I'm already a bit like, hmm. Is it? Mm. Isn't it? Yeah, it well, I mean, it's, I, mean, I think it's toxic. It's like you're chasing dopamine and it's it, it's an addiction mentality. Yeah, and yeah definitely. You sound, we sound exactly the same as um, like drug and alcohol users. Mm. So, I mean, is it good? To be like, oh, we had a good one again. And yeah, shit, yeah. So we're back on. Yeah, it's like having a good, actually, that's what, it's like them having a good night out and being like, oh, it's all worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and then you was just, a good bender. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you have a horrific bender and make a fool of yourself and you're sick and yeah. stuff and you go like, that's it. That's the last time. There's a, there's a song by a- It's a really good comparison. Liverpool singer-songwriter <laughs> called Jamie Webster and it's called Weekend in Paradise. And it's about that. It's like, was it a pointless three-day bender or was it a weekend in paradise? Yeah. And I feel yeah. like comparing musicians and comedians that alcoholics and drug addicts is, is quite accurate for the most part. And musicians and comedians are very often alcoholics and drug addicts. Mm. Yeah. And I don't think that's a coincidence. No. I mm. think it's like, yeah. Why like do you think that's there? <laughs> is it the love thing? Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of person who's trying to fill a hole in their yeah. life mm. and kind of chasing approval and and dopamine, like literally, like the the rush you get from performing. I've thought about that too, and maybe as musicians you get it too. Like, do you, I wonder what the long term mental effect of performing night after night is? Because yeah. it's like, you know, on a normal week, if I'm gearing up for festival, I'm doing gigs like five times a week. So five times a week, I'm getting that adrenaline rush through yeah, my body yeah, that I, dopamine surge in my brain of like claps and laughs and that kind of being flooded with all those chemicals and then you come off stage and then you wake up the next day and i can tell you if you like i've just read a big study so they did a Amazing. they did a, they did a study on like um 
on performers and their lifetime. So if you're if you're if you're a performer, whether you're a musician, comedian, even like theater actors as well, yeah. like your chances of having a heart attack at like like sixty are way higher because wow. you're just <laughs> because because you're going out there every night and like yeah. and there's that sudden like the rush of adrenaline that's coming over your body. So there's there's like a um, but it's like going on a roller coaster four times a week. Exactly you know? right. Yeah, chemically an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. As well. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, like, some performers like drop dead on stage because it's like <laughs> it's too much. Mm. Yeah. But it's hard. It's hard as well. Like, especially being like not not drinking at all, just socially. If mm. you're at a gig and stuff, and drinks are always free as well. <sighs> Culturally, this is the thing. And you get paid an exposure and booze. Yeah, you get free drinks. Fuck. And then it fucking yeah. sucks as well to do the gig and everyone just gets free drinks. And it's like, okay, well, I don't drink, so what do I get? And mm. then you got to buy a soda water because it's not the tap beer and you get charged four bucks or something. Mm. And it's like, fucking hell. Like, that should be free. Mm. <laughs> I'm Which performing at your venue. Oh, Isn't it? Oh, man, I've paid $4 for soda water. I've regretted it because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. Because you order soda water and then sometimes they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. But then sometimes they're like $5. And I'm like, well, I would have got a Coke if I'd known. <laughs> yeah. God, I would have got a real Carry your drink. car keys. I, so you can be like, I'm the designated driver. I, I want, I, you know, I, I can't drink any alcohol. Yeah. And I think there's a loophole where venues actually have to give you like, like a, like a, a soft drink if you are a designated driver. Oh, wouldn't they just give you tap water, which is what I normally would drink anyway? Maybe. Uh, no, I think there was an incentive at one point to like stop people from drink drinking, so you can bring up that little loophole to. I'll look into this. Yeah, yeah. I do love to get people on a technicality. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Landlords, real estate, especially, mm. but a bar as well. That was like, yeah, I've got a friend who's like that as well. We were at a bar, and she was like, "Do you guys have any food?" And they're like, "No, sorry, we're finished serving food." And she was like, "Huh? But you're serving alcohol?" And they're like, "Yeah." And she was like. And you don't have any um, bar snacks, like chips or nuts available? <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's quoting the RSA handbook. She's quoting the RSA handbook. It's <laughs> like, legally you do have to actually serve food. So, <laughs> so I'll have some snacks, please. So I'm going to get some nuts from you, please. <laughs> yeah. I've got to do that. But anyway, yeah, it's fucked. And I think, yeah, people our age um, don't realise that it's a problem because it's okay for us at this age. Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I know a few people who, like, don't drink because they realise they had a problem, but I do not know many people at all who realise they've got a problem with mm. drinking and I've realised they have a problem with drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of... Yeah, well, what, I mean, that's the first what, what, step. What can very like, easily happen. And, and I've, been, okay. I've been in those rooms as well <laughs> yeah. but for, for different reasons. Again, the musician code. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it, I don't know. It's just, you kind of look at, like I'm 26, like I say, I've had enough nights out mm. to go, ah, oh, that was a good night out. And gigging sober is so much better. Yeah, you can't, I don't know how they do it. That was like watching, this is the lamest um, example in the world, but I've seen the movie A Star Is Born a lot. Yeah, me the too. The recent one, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that's a movie that made me think, like, fuck, it'd be so cool to be a rock star. Comedy is so lame. Like, just the opening scene where he's, like, playing in that mm. arena and, like, because, um, sorry to drop this so late in the pod, but, like, I play, I play guitar as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't for many – I mean, I still got one. I haven't played it in a while. But, yeah. like, I grew up, like, playing 
not in bands ever, but um, yeah, yeah, like that is like oh, that's way so cool. cooler to me. I can't play a guitar. Really? <laughs> I can't play a guitar. Come on, yeah. it's not hard. Just learn it. So is acoustic guitar your thing? Or? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I have uh, I've got an electric in my mum's garage. It's not very yeah. good. It's just a court. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just a mid rate five hundred dollar guitar. If we give yeah. you a guitar now, can you play us something? Oh. We don't have to put it in. Yeah, like I could play like you know some chords for you, um, but. Um, <laughs> is it in tune? Um, what were we even saying? But no, it'd be so much cooler to be a musician than. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. How he plays in that movie. Um, he he plays. They get so drunk and then they still play a, yeah. a, a gig and they're like, Ugh. and I'm like, I have no idea. How you do. Oh, yeah, like. Oh, it's very, we'll it's it's out very out of tune. Yeah. tune. I mean. Um, the only two songs I ever remember are like um, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd and like um, Taylor by Jack Johnson. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, wait, no, no, Banana Pancakes. Banana yeah. Pancakes. They're like. Oh, yeah. Warren Bonner is playing the guitar. <laughs> the, audio, <laughs> the, the audio listeners won't hear this, but it's actually really, really good. Um, yeah. But no, I, I just, I was more um, cordy. Yeah. yeah. I could see you with Wonder a guitar, World? actually. I could, I could see you on a stage. Yeah, I would love to be. Maybe you could introduce this, like Steve Martin. Yeah. I've been, I was like wondering how I could integrate um, music, but I don't know, because I, I, I could never sing in front of a crowd. And Can you sing? No, like, I mean, alone, but no, I know, no, not really. So scary. I would way rather get in front of a bunch of people and tell them my deepest, darkest secrets and fears. Yeah. And that's often what I do. What which I is sing. what I do. Yeah. Why don't you just do that? Just pick up your guitar, walk <laughs> on there, and tell, and like just in like strum your guitar in time with you telling everybody you're not going to sing, but I just want to do this, and yeah. like just that little story about you know your deepest, darkest yeah. secrets. Yeah, I would. Yeah, hey guys, um, I'm actually deeply afraid of. Failure, and uh, <laughs> I think um, I probably will fail. So, but bear with me. Bear with me. Um, We're on a journey. Yeah. Next song. Next song, guys. Uh, this one is about um, my family history of mental illness. Um, <laughs> this is what my set is like, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Very depressing. You yeah. can't write happy songs. So, a star is born. Yeah, but that's what that, that's that's why I brought it up because he's so fucked he can't even talk, but he's like shredding on guitar, mm. and I don't, mm. I couldn't do that. It's a very good soundtrack as well. That film, it's a great film. Oh, your podcast, Big Natural Talents. Yes, I like it a lot. Thank you. Yeah, Conchetta. She's a lot. Co-host. She's amazing. I, yeah. I, like, were you guys already friends or the comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were already friends, and um, we'd collaborated on some other writing stuff together, mm. just projects nothing came of um but no just just friends and um met through comedy and she she was the one that actually was like we need to have a podcast because mm. i used to have a podcast mm. and it ended and then i was like i don't want another podcast um and she was right we should have a podcast and it's really fun the good thing about it is like to just do it is easy and fun like mm. that is what it needs to be i think mm. for a podcast it needs to yeah. be with your friend and just talking and like 
low effort because the effort of like running the podcast and scheduling it and mm, promoting so it, much. that yeah. is such a shit fight that mm. the actual act of recording it, like you, you better enjoy that. This is like, it's the <laughs> easiest part of it. Yeah. Isn't yeah it, you know, yeah. how many people are part of your team? Like behind the scenes, do you have like other people or is it just you two? Not loads or anything, but like we are in a network and we do have a producer with a network, which is great. Like, so we go into the studio and record and then he edits it and uploads it. Um, but we um, like write the descriptions and the titles, and we use we do video isn't, as isn't well. Isn't that a fun job writing the descriptions? Oh, God, and no one probably fucking reads it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Jack. I need a description of that. I've saw like oh. Um, oh. So we say yeah, the night before, and we're like oh yeah. Speaking mm, of, ten like, minutes before. we haven't written yeah. the ones for this week, so. Mm. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> um, <laughs> that that yeah. look on your face for the audio is this Lauren uh, just got this look of dread. It'll take five minutes anyway. But you just think about it. (laughs) We used to do video, we do clips and stuff for socials and I would do them. But again, like it's so, like it takes hours to clip all the video, especially if it's an hour recording. It's such a big file. Um, So we just started paying someone to do that and um, to see how that goes, just to have the consistency, Mm. which is cool. Um, but it means that we're probably like, you know, because we don't make much money from the podcast. Like she's probably going to make more money than us yeah. from the podcast, yeah, yeah. Um, which is fine just to be like, okay, let's see how this goes mm. to just mm. take that off our plates. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I'm, I feel like I'm the busiest fucking person in the world who does nothing. I'm like, do I have a job? <laughs> oh, no, no do I have <laughs> children? No. Yeah. But at, at the same time, I'm like, oh, I don't have time to edit the thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. What am I doing? Like setting my bread make it a automatically make bread <laughs> so so do you do the artwork and stuff for yourselves i did the artwork yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um i've seen some of your arts like I, i've seen just the ones you posted on instagram yeah yeah very good artist um yeah. very good better than you <laughs> just um just, just fonts and <laughs> after, after the fake tan thing before Hey, she's just going to beat me up soon. Yes, Sorry, mate. Attention. I love you. You're amazing. Yeah, well, I was like, you didn't even notice I had a fake tan. So I was like. <laughs> does he look like he's got uh, fake tan on? good. He doesn't. No. But that's the thing because then you'd notice if you didn't. Yeah. Because you go, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> I get to wear makeup. That's the ultimate gift as a mm, woman. Yeah. I mean, you can wear makeup too, really. But socially, it would be harder. Yeah. Have you ever worn eyeliner? No. I did on stage for a little bit and my missus went, no. Who do you think you are? No. Yeah, would be big. You could almost pull it off though, because you're quite dark. Yeah. Like, mm. Yeah. Can't say that. Do it. I mean, don't. don't. <laughs> do sorry, the sorry to your girlfriend if I've just brought that back for you. Yeah. Yeah. I might. I might. I might do her on Friday and see what she says. Just see what she it's says. It's a real Russell Brand thing. She's gonna leave me yeah. one of these days anyway. So. Don't say that. May as well. Put make the it next week. On. May as well mm. look good while it happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so what? What? What's going on for the future then? Are you? Are you got like your spots that you're doing all the time or do you just kind of turn it up at the minute and yeah i've got um, just doing normal gigs at the moment working on material i just think i'm keen to like just um just do stand up and focus on stand up and um yeah just kind of i feel like after doing the festivals and it wiped me out so much and i did it i mean it was good and i don't want to complain Mm. but it is so hard to do a show that like you saw it yeah it's like very personal and mm. like i thought good um and then just to lots of small crowds after a certain time and then i don't i'm in my stage of men, like my comedy i feel like where i'm kind of like fuck it i'm gonna do whatever i want mm. and 
just how many nights did you do total? Um, Melbourne, I did. Festival. Yeah, Melbourne, you, I did like the twenty-one shows in the month, and yeah, so it's like night after night, mm. and um, it's hard in Melbourne. I'm not from Melbourne. It's a big festival, and the festival themselves, they love, they push certain people, and mm. I'm not one of those people. Um, and my room was like <laughs> you very know, small. You know what I think about like yeah. quite often. You put a post up, and it was like my hair's never looked better. Because I'm out yeah. of the Sydney yeah. humidity. And every time like my hair frizzes now, I think, be nice to be in Melbourne. Yeah. I've only ever been once, but I just don't remember <gasps> from your post saying you it. you got to go. For yeah. the hum- my hair looks amazing in Melbourne. <laughs> it's like it's like a different person it in Melbourne. It really yeah, yeah. is. I, I, I can relate to that. Have you been? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. so good. You straight hair. What do you and, to Melbourne? And uh, I like, and also like, I like the weather better in Melbourne because it just, you know, it just suits Suits me better, I think. Well, it can be too cold, I think. But at least, is it less rainy? I feel like Sydney's been fucked. You kind of can't. Mm. Yeah. Someone was explaining to me that that Sydney gets all of its rain in a in a very very short amount of time, but Melbourne gets its rain like spread over across the year. But it, the, it it's the same amount of rain there. But at least and it's here. like normal levels, not drenching. And yeah. Can't leave the house. Yeah. I don't know. I I I love Sydney. Really, I'm from here. Melbourne is. Every time I'm in Melbourne, I'm always in the city, I think, which is what kind of mars my experience of it as well because I'm mm. like, yuck, because I'm like in the CBD, there's dirt everywhere. I've got like the black lung from the tram mm. fumes. Like um, I don't even know what I was saying. but Throwback disease, by the way. Yeah. They yeah. got it in Melbourne. I have it, I swear. But, yeah, I think that's what I was saying anyway. But did a lot of shows and um, – it's hard and now I took a break and now I'm just wanting to do whatever I want. And mm. I'm trying to do more writing as well. Actually, that's what I'm doing. I'm working on some cool little books with a publisher. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, some comedians are writing some stuff. Who's your publisher? They're called um, Some Kind Press. Okay. They're an indie publisher. They're yeah. really cool. They do a lot of food stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know. This isn't an official announce. It's not officially announced. I mean, it's not a big deal either, Is it like but... an exclusive deal with them? Um, my missus works in publishing. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Well, they're like a very small, they're like yeah. an indie if you, press. If you want to get it, over so, to her. Yeah, yeah. We'll let her know. Um, but Before it's, I'll tell her what to read as well. You need to read this one. Have a read. Lady. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing I think in Australia um, and comedy, especially like there really isn't that many places where you can publish something cool mm. and funny, like a, an article or mm. a magazine or something easily, or that isn't, you know, on a website next to a recap of maths or mm, a sponsored yeah. fucking nightmare post that's like, we trialed the new Skims range and it slayed so hard that we lost our minds. You know, those headlines? Mm. Yeah. Um, that's like where you can publish a writing as a comedian in Australia. So I think it's cool to try to do some more writing stuff as well. Can I ask, mm. what's, um, what is the real percentage percentage of female comics to male comics in sydney oh god because it yeah. feels like anytime i'm at a show there may be one female on the lineup yeah and i yeah. don't know if that's done as a well it's a booking problem yeah um but there also are less women in comedy mm. like you'd be you're just lying if you think that you could do a 50 50 lineup all the time mm. um yeah. and also i don't like the the barrier for women in comedy is like it's there's a lot of different things and 
Like when I started comedy not even that long ago, it feels like there was even less women in comedy. Mm. Um, but now in Sydney, there's actually a really good room that I'll shout out. Um, I think it's every Sunday. It's called Yeah, The Girls. Mm. It's an all-female lineup show every Sunday. And like just by that room existing, I feel like there's so many more women who do That's comedy. Progress. Yeah, yeah That's because progress. there's like a non-scary, intimidating place for people to start. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's I, I think like, and it's I'm not blaming the women, but it sucks that a lot of gigs are very intimidating for a woman to be at alone because mm. it's like you do have to go to this shit gig and everyone there is a dude and you've seen them all post fucked up stuff on the internet before and you know the guy that runs it is like a drug dealer mm. and he has some interesting ideas yeah. and <laughs> you're in the city at nighttime by yourself and everyone keeps saying how important it is to have a drink with everyone at network but it's yeah. like oh I'm a woman alone in the city I'm yeah, gonna have yeah. a drink with a bunch of 35 year old we, men. We had, we had that conversation with Beck Charles like, when we had Beck on and she said that yeah. and it was something because we take that for granted even like you coming here, I yeah. feel like I've I've got to be like we're okay, you know. I, I made a joke about it when I came in because I was like, oh, I've done it again. I keep like buying things on Facebook Marketplace or like even the podcast, yeah. like because you guys are cool and I knew you'd come to my show and I was mm. like, oh yeah, yeah, I met you and stuff. But I like forgot to like even like look you up much to be honest. Yeah. Because I've just been I've had stuff going on and yeah. then I just like drove here and I was like, oh, this is just your house and I was like, oh fuck, I should have like done one percent. <laughs> research before I went to someone's house yeah. that I've really never met. Yeah, that, um. No, but that's that's what I mean. Like, and I, I, I am aware of that yeah. because yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, come around here. We do a podcast. Get on the couch. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's I like, like it's, oh, so yeah. I was trying to be not like, because it's just different. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Can yeah. I tell you an interesting fact, Mark? Yeah. You're the, like, you're the first, like, female guests we've had in this studio. Yeah. Like even at from, you know, like a year or two ago when we were doing interviews and stuff in here with musicians, like we, we just like, we wanted to get some like, um, like different people and we'd ask some females and stuff, but it always just like never lined up or whatever happened. Yeah. So you're actually the first. <laughs> so I'm the first one dumb enough yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to come out. You know, West Underground, we respect diversity. And hey guys, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I think that's a thing. Like I think women, like they're less comfortable going to gigs mm. and that is no indictment on them. So it's like mm. a bit of both, you mm. know, like it's not, I feel like there are certain women who would be like, I don't get booked because I'm a woman. And I'm like, yeah, I don't see you at any gigs ever. So mm. get out there and you got to do it. But yeah. I get why you're not out there. And also like you said, you've tried to book women and they're not available. And I was so unavailable, yeah. like, um, because I'm a woman as well. And pretty quickly, like I was like a woman and I was good enough. So people need a woman on the lineup. So mm. I get called up and I get booked and yeah. it's like a very different experience being a woman in comedy. Mm. Like I don't ask for many gigs. I get asked to do gigs. And that's not saying that cause I'm so good or something. It's just cause like they need women on the lineup mm. and there would be plenty of dude comics who are way better than me and have been doing it way longer than me, but mm. they are asking for every gig they get and they're making themselves available to come on a podcast. Mm. Whereas mm. I'm like, I'm busy. La, la, la. <laughs> like, yeah, I think, I think, you know, um, it's like an attitude. So, so when I, I listen to, uh, Alex and Beck's podcast and then I found your podcast through it and it made me realise like other than like obviously my missus and I, I'm a very controlling mother um, <laughs> hearing female perspective is not I've just never really had that in my life of yeah and like, it's crazy ju to just getting female that, perspective it? and, and it's, yeah. it's weird and like it's 
like I, I kind of feel like I felt shame listening to you, like the way you talk about men and, you know, like, oh, they, and then you just think like, we are awful people. Men are terrible. Men are fucking oh, terrible. not all men. Not all. No. Hashtag not all men. Not Hamish. Um, but it's like, so I think it's important. And I said that to Hamish about with our like brand or whatever you want to call it is we need to diversify. You know what I mean? It, I know, it, it has it, to happen. It's because so like, and it is like cringe to say that you feel yourself going like, yeah. oh, like I don't want to say that we need to diversify, but it's like you do. And it is always better, isn't it? It's like, important yeah. as well in the and sense that the conversations <laughs> are different and everything. You it's know what more I mean? interesting. Yeah. Like I always think about, I listen to like some podcast about some study about something. Like I'm not going to say that I read the yeah. study like you did, um, but like, um, like in even in like maths and like statistics and mm. like pure mathematics, like when they tested like, okay, is it better to have these algorithms that we know are the best algorithms and the most effective and productive like way of solving? I can't explain this in a way because I don't understand the maths. Yeah. But say there's like an algorithm that is the most efficient algorithm. Yeah. Um, is it better to have five of the most efficient algorithms or is it better to have like five less efficient, but more different algorithms. Mm. Um, and every time, whenever they run, like it's just pure numbers, like the five different less efficient numbers like are more effective. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, actually you are better off having like a lineup that maybe isn't all, you know, totally am amazing experienced apps, mm. Mm. but you've got a few and then you've got some people who are different, but they're not as good yeah. um, or yeah. than you are because they're going to like hit with other people in the audience and it's yeah. going to be holistically a better show and yeah. podcast and yeah. yeah. The only thing I didn't want to do when Jack said that was like, you know, diversify. I was like, don't just like, let's not go ask willy nilly. Like let's, yeah, let's actually wanna. do our research and find people that we like. Happy, happy. Like, you yeah. know, that, yeah. That, like it's not, it's not, it's tokenistic. It's not, yeah. it's not a, yeah. you know, a by numbers thing, but it's yeah. like, <laughs> don't just I, and, and that's why I, I walked at that Sydney comedy festival. And I went, right. What can what can me and my missus go to? What's going to be an experience for us yeah. that we can enjoy together? Because I've taken it to like comedy untamed, and again, it was like I love what those guys do. Was one female on the bill. It was yeah. like and I, the that what was it called? The girls, the yeah, comedy night. Yeah, the yeah, girls. Yeah. Like I, I'd like to go to that yeah. with her because it's an experience for the two of us that we can both enjoy, not just you know. Yeah. Blokes all the time. Mm. And I think people are realizing that, especially I think um, in comedy and in Australia, because there's the, and maybe it's the same in music. So you guys, mm. fun fact. Um, but most of the people who buy the tickets are women. Because yeah. it's yeah. the women who are getting their boyfriend to come to the show or mm. they're organizing the group of friends. It's mostly women who are actually purchasing tickets and making purchasing decisions. Mm. Mm. So I think like they're starting to reflect that a bit in the way that they promote people. Like mm. the top selling performer for Melbourne was Ursula Carlson. And I think it has been for a few years because she's like a woman and she's like, she's great. And, but she's kind of, the kind of person that like boyfriends will get around and mm. the girls also like, and yeah, I don't know. I, like what you said, like about um, listening to something and being like, oh, I feel like I'm hearing like a woman's perspective. Fuck, I'm shit. But it's like, I think that's just media in general because I've had the same thought as well. Well, I, I, we, had, me and my missus had a conversation last night or the other night and it was about how the men in the world who were in charge of like TV, yeah. right? Go, all right, we need something for, we need something for women. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Keeping up with the Kardashians, right? They're all beautiful girls, unattainable body shapes, yeah. right? We'll give them all this money. These are your female role models, yeah. right? These are, the, these are the chick shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they're written by men and so that they're not real people. That was like I have only just started like reading um, much like um, – fiction mm, yeah. and so I started like reading heaps of books and I was reading like heaps of um, Leanne Moriarty books, mm. shout out, uh, no shame. She's like a mum author, but she's Andrew. a bestseller and the books are amazing. But I was reading her books and she writes these books where the main character is like a woman. And I was reading a book where like the main character was an older woman. She was like in her sixties, mm. but she's like just writing her with like this inner life. Yeah. And like, she's like, a sexual person and she like talks about whatever, like she's just thinking in her head and she's just like a 60 year old woman. And I was like, Whoa, women over the age of 30 are people. Mm, Cause I was yeah. like, Oh, I thought you were either like sexy young girl or fucking dead. Mm, yeah. So just having that realization of being like, fuck, have I actually never seen a depiction of an older woman in media that was a real person with an inner life? I was like, Positive. I don't think I have. Yeah. So I don't know. It's fucked. And what can you do? While we're talking about this subject, there's a show. Oh, this is very off topic. But there's a show that I was uh, watching the other day uh, with with my like missus. And we're, we're laying there. We're watching this. And uh, this lady, she's like an old 60-year-old like English lady. And she's helping couples design their sex rooms. Sex- oh. We watched this the other night. Yeah. I watched yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah. And I was That's like, crazy. I'm like, I'm like, she fucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think she's like sleeping with her builder, but that's another story. Mm. When I was watching that show, I was like, so there's something going on here with YouTube. But yeah, like I, I, I was like, oh my God. Like, she, yeah. She's really into this. It's crazy. And I'm going to make a sex room. She's so like, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a fun sex room. And she was like, leaning forward on this thing. She's like straddling this thing. And the guy was like, haha, it feels good on your hands. Cause it was like a soft fabric. And she was like, it feels good on the clit. Oh. And I was like, okay, that's actually too much. Nan, Nan, get off the telly. Crazy. Would you go on one of those shows? Oh uh, no, not that show. No, like that. Cause I'd be like, also like, I mean, that's a whole thing. It's like, how do you, what do you mean? You can't have like a sex room in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you, yeah. what's wrong with you? Sydney, Sydney's too expensive it is to have a sex have room. Have exactly. shame. What yeah. do you mean? I'd rather have an office. We, yeah, we, we were watching it and I was just like, you know, the people on it and like, yeah, we just love having sex. We just want to come home and have our space and we just love having oh, sex. It's so embarrassing. And I was like, someone's mum and dad, right? It's like, yeah. Yeah, uh, Claire was on the TV. Did you see oh, I seen Claire on the TV? The yeah. other night. She came across really well. She's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I love getting pounded on this. And and it's like, Jesus, why are we, why is this, why is this yeah, entertaining? Did you watch the one with like the, there's like a, like a couple that, that and they've made an open relationship and there's like seven people in this thing. Ooh, and she's like, fail. oh, we all just want a room where we can all come up. And the ladies, the old lady's like, what are you into? And she's like, oh, we're, I'm really into water play, which I didn't know was actually a thing until this. So they had to put like a drain in the thing so they could all like piss on her. <gasps> oh. Yeah. And I was like, like, don't, like, how do you even get into that? You like, don't- <laughs> Just don't need to admit that on TV. Like, I don't, it's like sex positivity. It's like, no, like, just keep yeah. it to your fucking yeah. self. Be sex positive at home, in your fucking home. At home, in your normal bedroom, yeah. under the sheets. Yeah. Can I just <laughs> want to know, like, 
how you even get that fetish. Like, how do you just like, does somebody like piss on you by accident? And I you just can't like wait it? to write the description for this episode. Oh, we've covered everything. I don't know. I feel like we've been talking. Is there anything else that we need to actually cover? No, up I've, I, think, I, think, I think we'll start to wrap up before we get on to some dark shit. Lauren, thank you so much for coming here. Thank you for being the first female. <laughs> Brave enough. <laughs> How do people get a pissing fetish? Anyway, on that note. That's the clip. That's another <laughs> clip there. Weird dick. Pissing fetish. What was the other um, one? I don't know. What it, then the Australian drinking culture. Yeah, Australian. That's it's all it. there. We have all shades. Good luck for the future in everything you do. Absolutely. I, I will come and support you as often as I can Thank and you. say, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'll be thinking of you every time I post a clip. I'm yeah. like, yeah, Jack. It's going to be room for Jack now. That one guy oh. from England who does a podcast in fucking Western Sydney. Give <laughs> me room for that guy. I keep asking Jack to go to comedy gigs, and he just and then he just goes without me. That's brutal. Take I know me. it's so mean. I've witnessed the beginning of a breakdown here. Yeah, in the this relationship. is the end. The fake tan, the rejection. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> it was nice to be here for yeah. the end. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you Thank to you. everyone who's watched and listened. Uh, the bit before when Lauren was talking and playing the guitar, we'll just put Jimi Hendrix over there. Yeah, that was actually me shredding, so. Tip your waiters. Yeah.